This is episode 266 of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, welcome on to To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell. And Anita Lambert. And Jess and I are recording here just before the holidays start uh, for a lot of people. And we thought it would be good timing. Often, especially this year, people are starting to get back to travel to visit friends and family. And sometimes what can happen during that time is pelvic floor symptoms may ramp up because we're out of our normal routine. And one specifically that I find can be affected and then it in turn affects other symptoms is constipation. So we thought we would uh, go through that a little bit, but also obviously give you some tips you can use during the holiday season or really any time during the year that maybe you're away and you're just not in your usual surroundings or routine. So how this all plays out is holidays, we're visiting, you know, we may not be moving as much, we're going to be eating and drinking different things maybe than we usually do or more of them we usually do. And all of that is totally fine. And what happens sometimes is that might contribute to constipation, to our stools being different, to our digestion slowing down, maybe sensitivities coming up more. And when we're constipated, as in when we're straining more or having a bowel movement less often, that might be putting more pressure and straining on the pelvic floor in general. And that might aggravate other symptoms like uh, urinary incontinence, so leaking pee because of that extra stress and strain on those muscles, but also pelvic organ prolapse. So where the bladder, uterus, or rectum is sitting a bit lower in or towards the vaginal canal. So sometimes with that constant straining, those other symptoms may become more symptomatic during that time. So I don't know, Jess, do you find that during the holiday time, or if you are away that you notice symptoms or that your clients notice symptoms that seem to ramp up? Yeah, definitely. And I think a big one that comes up for me and my clients too, is the impact of poor sleep and increased stress that can come up during these times as well. And like Anita, you were saying, if you are traveling, if you are sitting more in a car, if people are coming to you, if there's just like a lot of logistics that you're trying to manage, even if you're staying in your own home, this for sure ramps up for people. And I think that's, that's one of the most 
frustrating things for people is that they really feel this impact on how they feel physically in their body. And for a lot of my clients, we're talking body image stuff. So how they feel just with their body shape, body size, that experience, that sensation in their belly can be triggering and activating for people. And then when we have this impact on the pelvic floor too, and the quality of pooping in stools, it just can feel really, really uncomfortable overall. As we talk about it more, I think so many listeners are going to be like, oh my gosh, that is me, right? I don't, sometimes I think even with clients, like though I'll see them after the Christmas holidays and symptoms will have ramped up and it doesn't necessarily come to mind what we're going to talk about, like all these changes that did happen over the holidays. And like, once we address those, then I find people are kind of back to feeling how they did prior to the holidays, which is great. So One of the tips I would suggest is making sure you're getting an adequate amount of water. And I know water can sound very boring, but trust me, your (laughs) pelvic floor will thank you for that. And that doesn't mean, okay, don't have any of the other drinks that you would have when you're on holidays. Definitely still enjoy it. But can we fit water in kind of in between or throughout or finding ways to get more of that in? Because that really can make such a difference with our bowel movements. And so finding creative ways you can add a little something to your water. I would say carbonated water, which I know how popular it is. I love carbonated water as well. But to know that, again, might not give you the same positive effects as if regular water potentially maybe add a little, you know, juice or something to it if you do want some flavor. Think back to like typically what amounts of water have been helpful if maybe you've dealt with constipation and you added water in and you saw how positive that was. Kind of go back to be like, hey, how can I fit a little bit more of that in, especially while I'm drinking more of or other drinks that I typically don't have? Yeah, it's such a great tip. And I (laughs) co-sign and also hate this as a person who (laughs) only (laughs) drinks flavored beverages, really flavored water, lots of carbonated water. The difference is noticeable when my like flat water intake has decreased over Mm -hmm. a day or a couple days at a time. So it is a good point. And I hate it. And to be honest, it's one of those things where I feel like I didn't notice as much before. I think it's since being a pelvic physio and also just like, I've noticed it in my own body if I don't drink enough water. So it's, it's become such a habit of a priority. And even when we went away um, for just a weekend trip to Toronto uh, about a month or two ago, and I remember, cause like, I love my coffee and I always tell my clients, I'm not going to take your coffee away. We just need to up your water. And then your body will, will be happy with that. And remember too, like Toronto's got so many great coffee places. And so I was so excited for that, but I found in my head, I was like, I need to get my water in. So it just was a priority. And then I got to enjoy my, like having more coffee than I usually do here. Um, but it didn't impact my digestion because I'm like, okay, I, I prioritize that water and then therefore I can enjoy other things even more and then not have issues uh, with digestion or constipation. So I love how you're honest there, Jess, in terms of, I know it's not the most exciting thing, but it's, it is exciting when I have clients come back and they're just like, I had no idea that just 
increasing my water and you can get so creative. Like for example, my postpartum clients when they're at home, this isn't necessarily you can do on holidays, but I talk about like literally put water bottles all over your house, put one in the bathroom. Every time you go to the bathroom, wash your hands, have some water, like wherever you're going to feed the baby, like literally put water everywhere and you'll be surprised how much you increase your water. So same thing when you're away on holidays, almost think about it ahead of time. Like how could I actually get more water in um, to make it a little bit easier? Yeah, that's such a good point. Can we talk about the definition of constipation? What is regularly understood as, you know, enough pooping per (laughs) week and how sometimes wild that is? Yes. So, and I find constipation there can, I always ask more questions with my clients versus just if they say yes or no to constipation, because constipation for some people is, They go every day, but they're straining every time. So that would also be considered constipation. But also, if you're only going a couple times a week, so that the amount of time between bowel movements, that would also be constipation. It's really interesting. There are some professionals who go under the definition of we should be pooping three times a day to three times a week. However, as a pelvic physio, and I know many like nutritionists and naturopaths, dietitian, like three times a week, that mm-hmm. is considered constipation, even though maybe that your whole life, you've always gone three times a week. So it's your normal. Um, it's still considered constipation. Cause if you think of how often we eat during the day and then that's sitting in your system, and if you're only going three times a week, like that stuff, the the food and kind of what needs to be expelled is sit literally sitting in your system for two or three days. That would be considered constipation, like going typically at least every day, but even going multiple times a day is great to be able to, um, to get rid of everything that you don't need. But then the other side of it too, is the actual stools themselves. So we use something called the Bristol stool scale, which um, anyone can Google that. And basically it'll show you a chart of different types of stool. Um, And we basically want to be in the middle range so that they're formed. um, They, you know, you're, they're able to come out easily. They're not pellets and pieces. It's not watery and super soft. Um, So I do encourage if you're, if you're wondering what a good poop looks like, (laughs) look up the Bristol stool scale and you'll see the middle range is what, what is helpful. So bit of a long answer, Jess, but I feel like there's so many factors in constipation. Some people have the whole realm where it's like, they're only going two or three times a week. It's always pellets and small pieces. They're straining every time. So they have like all of the factors, whereas some other people may only have one of those that I talked about. Yeah, I think it's so important for people to know and to know what adequately pooping does feel like because it absolutely will impact how you feel in your body on all levels. Mm -hmm. And so another tip we wanted to bring up that again, people don't always think about with especially constipation. We're always, you know, thinking again about water or maybe fiber, but movement is something that greatly impacts our digestion and constipation. So when we're away on holidays, depending who you're visiting, 
you might be sitting a lot. You're not, you know, if you typically exercise to whatever degree during the day, you know, move, even if you have a desk job, but you've built in the habit of a lunchtime walk or getting up every so often to at least move around the office or if you're at home, um, that often is not really there when we're going to visit family. So, you know, again, thinking ahead, how could I fit some movement in, even if it's a walk, which again, depending on what type of fitness or exercise you're used to, a walk may not sound like a lot, but it actually is amazing for your digestion. So I know now with my family, we don't have to do long drives because both sides, my husband's side and my side are, are close. But even before when we did have the long drive, like always going for a walk, like before or after our main dinner was just something we did as a family. And it felt great, great to get the fresh air, but I also knew the movement would be great uh, for digestion. So that's kind of one way to fit movement in. But even whether, you know, if you're used to mobility exercise or strength exercise, yes, when you go to family, you may not be doing like a workout with weights, but like, could you fit in some sort of movement with whatever space you have in, if you're staying over, um, is in your bedroom, is there some space that you could do a little bit of something, even if it's just body weight or mobility work? Cause really that movement, it feels so different on your digestion when you get something in versus just sitting all day and not getting that movement. Yeah, this is a biggie for me. I notice this so much. And I would really use this too as a time to practice asking for what you need and being clear on what you need with your partners, with your family, just being showing up for what you need that's you know is going to help you feel better in your body. And that might be saying, I need to go for a 30 minute walk outside today with the family by yourself. I need 15 minutes to roll around on the floor and do these mobility exercises, really use this as an opportunity to practice getting your needs met. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I feel like when you do bring it up, so many people in your family are probably going to be like, yeah, I, I, <laughs> yes. I probably should be doing that too. That actually probably would feel better. So to not assume that everyone is going to be like, well, why would you want to do that? And none of us want to do that. Like, especially if I'm with going for a walk, most people are totally up for that. So that I think is good. And that kind of goes into another tip is around, you brought it up before Jess is stress. Stress really plays a role with our digestion. And so, and with our pelvic floor too, we've talked about that in the past, stress in our pelvic floor, stress and pain, very much related um, in terms of the stress does impact those areas. So what you talked about, Jess, like saying what your needs are, setting boundaries, you know, thinking ahead, like if you know every year, this time of year, certain stresses come up, whether it's certain people you see, or, you know, certain scenarios are going to come up every time, you know, thinking ahead, what could I do to help, whether it's get ahead of it, but I know that's not always possible. It's like with my clients, I'm like, we can't necessarily get rid of stress, but what are strategies we can do ourselves to help manage it when we're in it? Um, so whether that might be movement, that might be part of it. It could be a deep breathing practice. It could be, you know, using a meditation app, which there's like a zillion out there now. So even using a meditation app, um, when you're going to sleep, if you're staying there, but 
I mean, so many meditations are now like five minutes. So like, even if you sneak away and just like have your phone with you and just listen to something or you're going outside to get fresh air for five minutes, like these aren't things that should take a lot of time. When you really get down to it, a lot of these things are, are small amounts of time, but doing them has actually a pretty big impact. So similar to when you're going on holiday, I mean, you're planning what you're going to pack, what you're going to bring, the food, the clothes, all those things. Take a little bit of time just to write down like what actually would help your stress if going on going, you know, during the holiday time is a stressful time for you um, and see how you can build those little tiny habits in uh, that can make a big difference. Absolutely. And I know for so many of us, you might not even be traveling this holiday season, but maybe your kids are home for an extended period of time and it's just stressful in itself. I mean, honestly, today was our first day of the holiday break. And by 11.15 a.m. this morning, I was like, we're not going to make it. <laughs> we're not going to make it to the end of this two and a half weeks. So I put the AirPods in, put on this meditation music playlist on Spotify as I'm like going about the house, doing laundry, whatever, listening to kids screaming at each other. And then at one point I was like, okay, mom needs 30 minutes to walk on the treadmill play whatever you want to play find an activity I cannot be needed during this time period Mm -hmm. but it's just like really asserting your needs and like you're saying it's almost like micro dosing these stress management activities throughout your day don't try to power it through we cannot continue to white knuckle our way through our lives yeah and I think that's such a great Uh, way to bring it up Jess is like also those things like instead of thinking like oh my gosh when I'm away I need to you know have a YouTube one hour yoga class that I can you know go into a room and just do by myself like likely that is not going to happen but little tiny things throughout the day I talk to my clients about this like these little tiny things you can do throughout the day by the end of the day there's actually less stress or less tension like less whatever it is built up if you can get on top of that, just like little bits throughout your day. So I do think it helps if you already know ahead uh, what can be helpful and then bring that with you if you're away. But also, again, like you said, if you're home for the holidays and two weeks is a long time in terms of that. So now one of the other tips is more of a physical thing when it comes to having a poop. And that would be a footstool, or you may have heard of the squatty potty. And I have so many clients now who actually have bought travel squatty potties. You can actually fold them up and they, they admit they're like, I cannot go anywhere with it. Whether it's like a weekend trip, whether we're going on vacation, it doesn't matter. They bring their portable squatty potty, which is pretty cool. Um, However, if you are not going to bring a portable stool, or if you know where you're going, does not have a stool in the washroom. Get creative, turn a garbage can on on its side, find something in the bathroom you can put your feet up on. And if you're not familiar with what the squatty potty or footstool is, when we sit on the toilet, especially North American toilets, they keep getting higher and higher. So the angle at your hips is usually 90 degrees, but to be honest, so many places now it's even higher, like your hips are higher than your knees. 
And when it comes to going to the bathroom, what's actually helpful is if your knees are above your hips and it doesn't work to just squat and hover over the toilet. You need to actually sit your bum on the toilet seat, do whatever you need to do to feel comfortable with that, whatever toilet paper, whatever you need to do, (laughs) but you really need to sit. And then having your feet elevated, both of them elevated and your legs relaxed on something. And if you can picture what I'm describing, your knees are above your hips, and then you, you're able to lean forward a little bit with a long back and just kind of rest your forearms on your thighs kind of, kind of position. What that does is it helps to relax the pelvic floor and puts your rectum in more of a straight line. So when we're on a typical toilet, 90 degree angle with our hips, our rectum kind of has a a curve in it. So our stool has to go around a curve essentially to get out. Whereas when we're in that position, the pelvic floor relaxes, rectum is in a straight line, which makes the stool way easier to come out. So even consider that regardless of what's going on for the holidays. If you're home for the holidays, see if you got a footstool at home. I want you to try this out because honestly, anyone who tries it, it's pretty much a game changer and no one goes back (laughs) after using a footstool, especially if you have toddlers or young kids, you likely have a footstool anyways in the bathroom for them. So just pull it over, put your feet on it, and then use that for bowel movements and see how that feels because that can also help along with deep breathing. So again, if we can work on relaxing the pelvic floor, I always talk about anything exiting our body, pee, poop, or a baby, our pelvic floor needs to relax. So doing deep breathing, feet up on a footstool can really, really help things come out easier. But then all the other things we talked about, you know, movement, water, we didn't talk too much about fiber, but definitely getting both types of fiber in is helpful. Um, So that's kind of the the other side. But when you're actually going to the bathroom, try that footstool, the deep breathing um, to help. Yes, such good tips. I'm just thinking about all the pregnant people who might be listening into and just oh my gosh just remembering dealing with the difficulties of pooping during pregnancy on top of this time of year two and the travel and the stress it's just it can be a lot to contend with mm-hmm. yeah yeah it can be a lot well I feel like being pregnant during the holidays is a lot too especially if you're around family and if people are Making comments, it's like that just adds to that stress factor that we talked about. So those I would say would be the key thing. So we really wanted this episode to give you the tips around that, but also then for you to even see the link between the back of the pelvic floor and the front, because we don't always picture that anything to do with pooping has anything to do with, you know, leaking pee or prolapse. What we often picture the front of our pelvic floor. So for those who are new to the pelvic floor, it attaches from your pubic bone at the front to your sit bones on either side to your tailbone. So it's like a diamond shape. And so we talk about like the back triangle, which is um, like anything to do with bowels and then the front triangle, anything to do um, with the vaginal opening in the vaginal canal or the urethra. So peeing. And so both both triangles can affect each other. So just to keep that in mind, and hopefully that'll be helpful this holiday season, but any time you're away or having time away from your usual routine, we really hope these tips will be helpful. 
We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 